0: Hey, everybody, welcome to Locked on Lakers for Wednesday. Brian Kamenetsky and Andy Kamenetsky. Rajon Rondo meets the media again in his second go-round in LA. That was on Tuesday afternoon. Had some really interesting things to say, not only about his role, but things that kind of frame what the team could look like this year. We'll take a look at some X factors for the Lakers this season that could really impact how the rotation works. And things are starting to look a little strange at the center position. All that coming up on Locked on Lakers. You are Locked On Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Lots to cover today, but first, want to let you know that Wednesday is on Locked on NBA, the podcast. It's small market versus big market. Join Jake Madison of the Locked on Pelicans podcast and John Corrales of Locked on Celtics for a look at the NBA week from all angles. Follow the Locked on NBA podcast today on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. So Tuesday, Andy, Rajon Rondo reintroduced to the L.A. media, met, uh, answered some questions from the facility. And um it was it was interesting to hear him first and foremost talk about his role, which unlike the first go round, I think he, along with everybody else, is anticipating something much more limited.
1: Yeah, he he was talking about how he doesn't actually think he's declined a whole lot, you know, over like the last 10 years or so. But right, he acknowledged st- last year
0: wasn't great, but you know, says, like, I got still got plenty left and doesn't right. Think,
1: you're right. But at the I same do. time, though, he said, uh, going forward this year, looking at the Lakers team and this roster, understanding where I am in my career at the same time, I think I can still bring a lot to the game. But my main focus is if we win, nothing else matters, which is players speak for saying if we're winning and I'm not playing, I'll shut the bleep up. Um, he was later on uh, Mason in Ireland on 710 ESPN. Uh, the L.A. affiliate, and got into a little bit more specifics about his role. He said, they've talked to me about the roles with this team and what they're looking for bringing with this team this year versus the past couple seasons, just being ready when my number is called. Obviously, we have a lot of depth at the point guard position, understanding that I'm not going to play as much as I would like or possibly want to, but at the same time, being a mentor to young guys like Kendrick Nunn, helping Westbrook in any way possible, THT, just doing what I do best, being a key locker room guy. Again, reinforcing the idea of they've explained to me that I am not going to necessarily be a key member of this rotation, or maybe not even somebody that plays in every game. Oh, I, I think there's a big
0: chance he gets a lot of DNPs. Like it was funny. I, I did the uh, on Tuesday. I did the uh, Spectrum Sportsnet the studio show for the Lakers. Um, you know, the the they carry the Lakers games, and so I was on with those guys. And we were talking about his regular season role and then his playoff role, but then there's there's playoff Rondo, and I said, you know, look, you hope that that's a thing. You know, it turned out to be exactly how it played out in you know 2020 when the Lakers win the title, but it didn't really work for the Clippers last year. He barely cracked their their playoff rotation, and I said, honestly, if you're in a position where you need playoff Rondo.
1: Something's probably gone I, wrong. I was just about to say that the big difference between the 2020 championship team and this team is that team was built more to need Rajon Rondo to be that guy in the first place, mm-hmm. and this team, at least on paper, should not be as no. dependent. I mean, when you take and, you, into and
0: a, by the way, that's a that's a really good thing. You, you know, the Lakers. Yeah lucked out i don't or maybe lucked is 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 the wrong phrase but you understand what i mean like the lakers were fortunate in that it was there when they got to the playoffs they need they got the performances that they needed from rondo who was not good in either of the regular seasons you know he was not a a productive player to that point with the lakers and um it 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 came through but you don't want to have to rely on that it is a Uh, a bonus that you get in one or two games across a series or two. It's not something that you want to, you know, that's, that should be where Kendrick Nunn shines or THT and the guys that we're going to talk about here in a few minutes. Like, well, I mean, if, if,
1: if this team truly is a contending team that they certainly see themselves at and try to build themselves as you're not looking for a guy who isn't a regular part of an 82-game rotation to all of a sudden gain this massive importance in the postseason, like when the the games really begin to matter, like uh, it would be nice if, you know, maybe every sixth or seventh game in the playoffs, like one per series, you've got a game where Rajon Rondo matters. I I gave the example on uh, yesterday's podcast about, Rajon Rondo and comparing him to 2001 Ron Harper with, with the yes. Lakers, and and he did he did not play in the postseason much, but Phil Jackson often put him into games to like settle him down when things got a little bit out of character and they just needed to get back on track. That's something I can see Rajon Rondo doing, but the idea of really having playoff Rondo be something that you depend on, th- I agree with you. That feels more like okay, things are actually. Not clicking, as opposed to okay, this is the ace we have up our sleeve.
0: It's it's one of the reasons that this is, and this is setting aside some of the 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 chemistry stuff, the playoff stuff, the voice in the locker room stuff, you know that that we got into uh, earlier this week. But also, Rondo has talked about, and other guys are inevitably going to talk about as well. This is why Rondo, as even a potentially lesser player than perhaps. I know maybe there are people, you know, Mike James maybe is a is a more productive point guard theoretically at this point in his career. I I don't want to get I mean none of these guys are that good, which is why they're all available. If you do need to plug somebody in, you don't Rondo doesn't need the reps, he doesn't need the reps with LeBron, he doesn't need the reps with AD. Those guys have some muscle memory there, yeah. So that when you have a guy who may play infrequently, there's a better chance of those guys getting out and playing well together when you need them to do it than there would be if you introduced yet another new player. And for a guy who is going to be much further down the depth chart, if Rondo's playing 20 minutes a night for like some 35 or 40-game stretch, again, something's probably gone wrong. Um, You know, Maybe you cross that bridge when you get there. So I think that's the, the, the opportunity to reintroduce some continuity there is important, and I also think what he's talking about there is kind of reflective in terms of just being ready to play when your number's called, and so on and so on, cliche after cliche. It also applies to half the other guys on this roster. Mello, I think, is going to at least initially play a fair amount, but his playing time could ebb and flow a little bit. Wayne Ellington, for I mean, absolutely could ebb and flow. It, 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 hopefully it didn't work very well for Wes Matthews in terms of adjusting to a different role, but hopefully for these guys who are a little more accustomed to playing off the bench or playing intermittent or, or irregular minutes, uh, perhaps that, um, that, that flow for, you know, is, is,
1: will not be as disruptive for that Yeah, in, in the meantime, though, not, Rano, they can't all play. That's the No, they, they can't all play, and it's good that he doesn't expect to always play. He he did, though, mention one, one thing that made him really feel wanted, and he actually used that phrase, wanted, in terms of ultimately wanting to come back to the Lakers, is Frank Vogel had mentioned how his voice in the locker room was missed, regardless of how much... He's actually going to play like they are looking to him to be a critical voice in that locker room. And it's just, it's really interesting to see that with Rondo, just because, you know, he's had a lot of periods in his career where he's been known to be really prickly. He's been known to feud with coaches. He's been known to feud with teammates. He's had some seriously burnt bridges exits Um, You know, whether you're talking about from Dallas, whether you're talking about from Boston and I I, I actually I asked him um, during his thing, like what he's learned about leadership in general, because he's not somebody that six or seven years ago you would have thought would be brought into a locker room specifically to help lead. And one of the things that he talked about was just becoming a better listener in general and like the idea that he can actually learn from other guys and as smart as Rondo is and he is. Widely considered one of the smartest guys on the court. Maybe one of the smartest guys off just, the court. A, he's a really right. smart he's
0: a, guy. Like he's, if you spend any time around him. Yeah, I mean, he's we, obvious. He's not just basketball smart. He's I mean,
1: everything smart. Look, the 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 legend of Connect 4 with Rajan Rondo, we actually did a, an assignment yes. where you played. Connect four, it was you and Sal Masakela against Rondo. He was playing you both at at the same same time. time. While we were interviewing him. While we were interviewing him and he kicked your asses. He kicked both your asses while conducting an interview, playing one on two in connect four. Like he's known, I think he's taught uh, elementary and like, middle yeah, school was, math before he was a math prodigy like the guy is the guy's just really smart but yeah. uh i remember a few years ago when you and i were still with uh 710 espn i was talking with nancy lieberman who actually was an assistant coach for rondo with the kings and she had talked about him and she loved rondo but she also said that in ways that were great and sometimes harmful he fancied himself the smartest guy in the room and you know like he would put coaches like sort of on their toes. Like you would really have to know your proverbial shit when you're coaching Rondo, because he's that smart and he's not afraid to question what's going on. And that's great to a point, but you can also cross that line as a player to where you're just questioning stuff for the sake of questioning. Here's the thing. It's like, you need to have that accompanied with a self-awareness
0: of where you are in your career to where like, you know he might be right but you're also not good enough anymore to be uh you know to be putting that kind of pressure on people to be showing whatever it might be but i will say and he, so he seems to have found that place Yes, because all these guys think they're good and they think they can keep playing and all that kind of stuff but i think he he understands okay i'm not an you know starting point guard for a championship team and so you know you combine that with um Being in a room with LeBron James, with Carmelo Anthony, Trevor Ariza's basketball intellect and just intellect generally is is very widely respected across the league. You know, you start adding these names in there and he becomes a a, a very good fit um, in that way. And it should be noted too, the guy like Chicago, I, I, I mentioned there really quickly, um, but when you were going through some of the places, like that was a weird situation, and there, you know, it's like a mutiny, and all kinds of the young guys in that locker room loved him, which is part of the reason the Lakers, I think, were interested in bringing him in the first place. Uh, in round one of Rondo as a Laker, um, so much, Andy, though, of what these guys do in terms of how much Rondo plays, um, you know, Wayne Ellington. You know, to some degree, the the trickle down effect, uh, all that you know, reaches the front court guys with Carmel like Carmelo Anthony is dependent on a couple of X factors, and those X factors really are the young guys. Uh, and
1: we'll talk about that next. Locked on Lakers, brought to you by Sweat Block. There are a few things in life that just aren't fun to talk about, and one of them is excessive sweating, like when you're sweating through your entire wardrobe on a spring day for no particular reason. It's embarrassing. It's unsightly. And I don't want to have to worry about it. So that's why you sweat block antiperspirant wipes. They're stronger, more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You just apply it at night before bed. Next morning, you wake up, you wash, and then you go about your day without having to worry about sweat. You can use it once or twice a week. Tops. Stay dry the entire time. Guaranteed your money back. No more pit stains. No more picking out your entire wardrobe based on what's going to hide that just ugly, gross, awkward sweat. And I'll put it to you this way. If you know another sweat solution that is doctor created, doctor recommended, featured on Rachel Ray's show and tested by firefighters, those dudes know about sweating. I'm listening, but until then check out sweat get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com using the promo code locked on or at Amazon or CVS. Uh, Let me ask you this. Does this sound familiar, Andy? You've got one device that lets you catch the game
0: live. Another lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone. You've got your neighbor's best friends log in for all the good stuff. It actually isn't you. You can't handle this many devices. But for other people, it is a thing. Uh, I want to tell you and all of those people about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like Nothing ever before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows in one place. It means no more juggling remotes, no more need to buy another device ever again. The best part, there's, there's no annual contract. You just do it whenever you want and leave whenever you want. So get rid of that clutter and the confusion. Get your TV together with TV Stream. You can learn more about TV Stream at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. A compatible device is required,
1: and content varies by package. Really quick, um, um, before we sure. get to uh, the other guys in, in the rotation, I just wanted to address this because I've seen it come up on Twitter at Cam Brothers, and people have asked us about it. I know it's been a conversation point. The relationship between Rondo and Russell Westbrook. Uh, you may recall during the bubble, um, in what can only be described as a bizarre story, uh, Russell Westbrook got ejected because he was jawing with Rajan Rondo's brother William. They were going back and forth, and yeah. that was like a thing. And um, it may have spilled over into last season when Rondo was with the Hawks and uh, Westbrook was still with the Wizards. Uh, they got ejected, or at least one of them got ejected during a game last season. And you know, these are both some very uh, ornery personalities on the court. So I've seen some concern about whether or not there's going to be beef between these two this season. I would not worry about this. No. This is not going to be a thing. Is no, it, I mean. Did they? The the Lakers didn't sign Rondo's brother. (laughs) They signed Rondo. I don't even know if Rondo's brother lives in LA. Like, I don't, he's not going to be in the games very often. Okay. He's not. No. (laughs) Like, like,
0: (laughs) LeBron James is going to allow, he's in year 17, cementing his Jordan esque legacy. All these, he's going to allow Rajon Rondo's brother. To F up his... No,
1: <laughs> that is not going well, to be I mean, a thing. I mean, look, if... It's a fun r- story, but right. no, oh, it's look, it's, it's going to be a thing. It's hilarious. And I mean, I, I personally would like to see the matter solved by having Rondo's brother fight Westbrook's brother. Does Westbrook, Westbrook have co- a brother? Yes, he does, actually. Oh, he does have a right Brian I I I did the research before proposing this I'm not I'm not going to I'm not going to offer this I very sensible solution. Amateur. <laughs> yeah. Take my job. very serious. Come on. One. I got I got to, you know, dot the i's and cross the t's before I offer I think what would be this, considered this is a peer reviewed podcast. Exactly. I mean David Locke's listening man. He doesn't want us throwing out ridiculous solutions willy-nilly. But yeah, just have the two of them fight and they settle it. But you know, Rondo knew that Westbrook was on this team no, when he decided no, to join. No. And what, I'm sure that if Westbrook is still this pissed off about it, he would have told those guys right. no. No, no. And
0: look, look I, I am all like we could spend the rest of the season pretending like we think this is a oh. thing, but I want everyone to <laughs> reference this podcast where they're like, Serious, you know, analyst hat comes on. It's yeah. like, no, this is not a thing.
1: No, as right. much as I want it to be a thing, because it would be incredibly entertaining Wildly over entertaining, like the next, uh, <laughs> you know, like, however wrong. many months. Right. It's, it's not going to be. A you thing. know what?
0: I really would love for them to feud is throughout the month of September, and then knock it off. <laughs> 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 well, no, actually, that's not true. A little bit of March Madness. Okay. That's right. So September into a little bit of October, then flare it up during the dog days and then be done with yeah. it. But yeah. just if they could time it, that would be good. And the other thing I thought was really funny was Rondo acknowledging that he was excited to come here uh, because he would not be the oldest player on the team anymore. And not only that, he'd be the sixth oldest player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that is, I know people like to to uh, talk about the age and it kind of uh, gets uh, the you know, Lakers fans all Hankles all up, or whatever that is. And like, and, and like, ankles, like they're, you know, they're, they're I, I maybe it's possible I'm using the wrong word. No, it's it's possible you made up a word.
1: I don't think Hankles. that's a word.
0: Hankles, twist, entangled to involve a person and by luring or enticing. Yeah. I mean, it's all get all hankled. It's you know, twisty and entangled. It's a word. Um so ankles and those are knives. But anyway. <laughs> I was gonna
1: say I just googled a knife set. <laughs> no, those are hankles. <laughs> they look nice. Henkels <laughs> no, Han- hankles
0: are are, are top-end knives. There's no question. They look really good. They're excellent knives. If you're if you're in the neighborhood, <laughs> are in the need for a new knife, chef knife, a knife set or whatever. Hankles, if you can afford them, yeah. are
1: excellent, excellent. And by knives. the way, Hankles, if you're listening, we will absolutely
0: absolutely no, endorse I, I think I, I have one. So anyway, um it is though kind of amazing that 35 year old Rajan Rondo is the sixth youngest <laughs> player or the sixth oldest player on this team Again. like that is staggering I mean, they, they are old like folks people can make fun we can debate how much it, it is a thing, how much it matters. they are old so just accept it. Um, mm-hmm. it's an old team. Uh, which is why, Andy, good good seg, um, I mentioned that I was on with the uh, Spectrum folks on Tuesday. And one of the things that came up were rotations and some of the age factor. And why then some of the young players, talking specifically about Malik Monk, Kendrick Nunn, Taylor Horton Tucker, are so important. And for me, what we were talking about, rotations and playing time and how all this shakes out. And it really drove home, as we were having this conversation, to me at least, how much THT, for me at least, in particular, is going to have a massive impact on the way rotations look, the way uh, some of these veterans end up on the floor, how much a lot of guys, including Malik Monk, by the way, end up playing. Um, biggest he's just one of the he's really the biggest swing factor i think they have on the team a they're paying him a lot so he's going to play b if the shooting outside shooting comes up that leaves him on the floor more you know he could play a little point guard um if the defense comes around like there's there's a scenario in which tht plays 14 minutes a game and there's a scenario where he plays 26 um both to me are equally plausible and there's obviously plenty in the middle well i think Um, and I if, think but st- like the range, just to finish the range of that between 14 and 26, just to throw those numbers out, the ripple effect of that has
1: a massive effect on who else plays and how much. Well, I think the swing factor is really interesting with THT because beyond the beyond the fact that, you know, if he shoots the ball better from outside, you know, could he could he start profiling a bit more as a three if the ball handling and playmaking arm, can do- he's short, but his arms are long. Right. Um, I don't think they quite know what position he is Mm -hmm. yet. Like forget just the idea of versatility. I think there's an element of discovery in this, like, and and that discovery, like how much of it ends up a slated position versus how much of it ends up fluid, you know, versus situational, whatever with that comes options or maybe lack thereof. I mean like if say he can only play uh, you know one position but they're anticipating and maybe doing two or three again that may affect the optionality with this team that may affect who has to play where it may force some guys that you don't want playing as many minutes whether because of age whether because you know somebody like Malik Monk he's still kind of a question mark in terms of who he is as a player they're betting you know, literally and figuratively a lot on THT this season. And there's nobody on this roster, you know, other than maybe LeBron and Westbrook who can do some of the things that they are hoping THT can do in terms of creating pressure on defenses, getting to the basket while possibly playmaking. I don't think there's really – Well, actually, actually there is
0: one other person. It's Kendrick Nunn um, to to some degree in terms of creating – Creating your own offense, going downhill, uh, being a a a pressure maker, somebody who creates pressure on the other team defensively.
1: Um, I I get what you're getting
0: at. Yeah, I don't think of none in the. I don't.
1: I don't think of them in the exact same way, but I understand. Right, because
0: the skill sets a little different, and you know the way they do it is a little different. And I'm not. I'm not saying it's exact, but I do think they they are hoping for some of that from none, but. I, the difference i think between none and tht is the the positionality with with none is more limited i mean he's 62 right i mean yeah. there's there are only so many places on the floor he can play whereas tht with the reach that he's got again my tht impression um he he can he's a bit it really comes to for me i think it's it's a question of defense because if he is shows that he is capable of you know, providing that kind of switchable, flexible defense where he can end up on a point guard and it's okay, end up on a two, end up on a three, um, whatever might be you know strong enough to occasionally end up on a big and not have it be the end of the world. If he has that and he can develop defensively and have that kind of positional versatility and switchability, he's gonna play more because that means he can play next to Kent Baysmore. he can play next to none next to Westbrook next to all these different combinations you can keep sticking him in there because positionally speaking as an offensive player he he can handle the ball and distribute a little bit he can certainly play at a two you know an attacking guard mode he can certainly play as a three um, you know as that attacking swingman, man um, and all of that goes up even more If he shoots the ball well, if he, you know, if he shoots 37% instead of 27% or 38 instead of 28, um, it's just, I, I'm not saying I expect him to just hit it, be a six man of the year candidate and all that other kind of stuff this year, but the, the range of outcomes on THT, I think more than any other player in the rotation is going to, to, to change how we talk about what Vogel does.
1: Yeah, I mean, none and THT are the two young guys in this rotation, not counting AD. AD's a little bit older, definitely in his prime. A and category. he's a Right, and he's a superstar. Uh, but as far as... Those are the two young guys on this team that I think really matter the most. Malik Monk, we're both not quite sure how much he's going to end up playing. I feel like he's, fit, he's like value added gravy like if right. it
0: works like holy but, hell like but the di- the
1: big the big difference between I think Nunn and THT is Kendrick Nunn is a more established player you have a better idea of who he is but some of the question marks that still remain are more about just physical limitations with yes. it, with his style like Kendrick Nunn is really a shooting guard in a point guard's body and that creates you know a certain amount of just uncertainty with what you do with him right. Th- which is why it's Th- nice to have Rondo around so you have a true
0: for better you know like him or dislike him a a guy who is a ball distributing
1: point guardy point guard right THT has more uncertainty because he's not quite yet developed as a player there there's still just a lot of who yeah. is he but the difference is you see a lot more possibility with THT, regardless of what the answers ultimately end up being right now than none. That's a big difference. Yeah, for
0: sure. Um, So a lot of intriguing things to talk about with these guys. Obviously, this will not be the last time that we break them down um, in terms of their X-factor ability and and many other things. Um, Coming up, though, DeAndre Jordan, rumors uh, to Los Angeles. Should he be bought out in Brooklyn Um, Interesting both because it's DeAndre Jordan, I guess, but also for what it means about uh, Marc Gasol and his uh, future potentially in L.A. It seems to me, Andy, some strange things might be going on. Um, Not
1: sure, but we'll talk about that next. Lockdown Lakers brought to you by Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar ever, covered in 100% chocolate, soft, easy to chew, not like the deadbeat ones out there that take you like the entire day to get through one protein bar because they're just such a chore and so unchewable but these are healthy they taste great whether unchewable. you're trying to like unchewable yes yes uh, trademark be chewed. cannot be chewed um they taste awesome they are low calorie low sugar high protein high fiber they're great for keto diets and they taste awesome just like ever whether you're talking about the original flavors including raspberry coconut almond salted caramel banana bread new flavors like cherry barcia lemon almond cheesecake cookies and cream They're just great for people like me who want really interesting, cool, different taste combinations and never feeling bored like you're eating the same thing over and over. So go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCK15, you get 15% off your first order. Again, promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Uh, it's that time of year again, Andy. All eyes
0: are now turning to football. Uh, we've got our draft coming up on Wednesday. Could have a significant impact on uh, whether we do a show on Thursday uh, <laughs> or whether we just speak for the rest right. of the season. Progr- programming note uh, in the middle of a read. Uh, but anyway, as always, bet online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, contests, including online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest. Open now at Bet Online. Head to the website, use your mobile device to sign up today, receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's a good one. Uh, be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo, which is uh, you make a bet on the September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up using the uh, promo code NFL100. Bet Online, fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports favorites from football, basketball, boxing, right to your Uh, Vegas casino games Uh, don't wait take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season bet online your online sports book experts quick update Andy before we get to DeAndre Jordan the word I was searching for was hackle oh Uh, get your hackles up okay um, as as opposed to hankles Uh, (laughs) (laughs) hackles was the word I was looking for the hairs along the back of a dog or other animal that rise when it is angry or alarmed okay that makes much more sense.
1: No, that's a thing. I've I've seen dogs yeah. get irritated in that hair
0: go up, the so. hackles. The hackles. Yeah. Those, those are what you're thinking of there, Andy, are the hackles. Um, you know, the hankles sounded like you were fat shaming a dog or something. It, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do not like the Wikipedia version of hackles, where it says hackles are the erectile plumage mm. in the neck area of some birds mm. or mammals. That makes it sound dirtier than I, yeah. I think it needs to be. Yeah. Um, but anyway. So hackles is the word I was looking for. Sounds like the dog might be feeling some shame of its own. Speaking of <laughs> speaking of things that got my hackles up, Andy, um, Jake Fisher of Bleacher Report reported that the Lakers might be one of the teams that are interested in DeAndre Jordan should he be bought out in Brooklyn. I um, I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> um, and I say this for a couple of reasons. First of all, I just don't think DeAndre
1: Jordan's that good anymore. I mean, he's – Fine, I guess, but I, look, I'm I'm not going to lie. I I have not regularly seen DeAndre Jordan play for the last couple of years. He's been he's been on the East Coast, you know, playing a, a team on a completely different time zone. Like I, I'm not going to pretend that I've seen him regularly. I guess the biggest proof could just be that he was continually losing time, right? That's that's a best friend. Two guys who run the team,
0: right? I've watched, (laughs) I've watched, you know, even having his other best friend Blake Griffin on the team still may not keep him there. No, that took time from him. Yeah, I've talked, I, I, I've watched enough, and then just you know, you we read a lot, we talk to a lot of people, we try to stay up uh, up to what's going on. It just he's just not that effective, uh, it seems anymore. And more than that, I just feel like it's one thing to try to recreate. And look, some of this could just be... Camp Jordan trying to put stuff out. You're always going to be connected to the Lakers,
1: try to use them as leverage, whatever. It's always a believable rumor.
0: Right. And so, but, you know, there
1: is also something <laughs> Especially believable. with this team, the way it's right. constructed. It's especially believable. And he
0: is older than, I think he's 33, which makes him, you know, old enough to be a member of the Lakers. <laughs> you have to be a certain age. Uh, it's like, you know, uh, getting into ARP. But it's, you know, there is there are people who want to recreate the JaVale Dwight Howard dynamic where you had two guys who were almost interchangeable in that way, you know, vertical threats over the rim, which Jordan, I guess, is still sort of that guy.
1: And you know, I mean, he must be somewhat good at it because he shot seventy six percent from the field, right? He last season, two, he, right, two I was going to say, and that's the only way he can score, right? So okay. he he must still, if nothing else, be able to do that. Damon, Damon Jones, you know, it's, it's like it's, it's not like he's working his mid range game. No,
0: <laughs> from three. <laughs> um But the difference is, you know, the context is different now because if you're going to have Russell Westbrook on your team, and the Lakers are are and you're going to have a situation where Anthony Davis is not essentially your permanent center which as as much as i think everybody wants him to play more and i think he will play more at center this year there are st- he's not going to play there exclusively you can't have two guys as your other center options who can't move
1: more than 4 feet away from the basket and uh, be to put, thr- like to put I, this I, in perspective Brian uh DeAndre Jordan last season do you want to know what percentage of his field goals were from zero to three feet. I'm going to say 98. No, not that high. But uh, <laughs> you're not that high, but you're close. It was 83%. Okay. And,
0: and then, then the rest were you know, from three, three ten. to...
1: Right. Three to I 10. mean, and outside of 10 feet, the answer is zero. I would be curious um, how many from three to 10 were like with the shot clock running down. 65 to 70.
0: And how many of those were from 3.2? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: that's actually, that is actually a better way of fighting. Right. Like, how many from ooh, three to DeAndre's toes were
0: just outside that three foot line. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, so it's like, You can't, I mean, I I understand there are people, you know, we're, we're too obsessed with shooting. We're too obsessed with floor space, but (laughs) it matters a little bit. Like you, you can't have Jordan and Russ and like, like that's just too many non-shooters and too many non-floor spacers together. You have to have at least the option of of putting a guy who can step away from the basket, which is Mark Gasol. And what I like about Gasol in this equation is you can credibly move him away from the basket and hopefully he shoots a little bit more, but more importantly, he, he is as he's, he's better defensively. He's a much better defender at this point than, than Deandre Jordan is. So you get the defense, you have a variety in offense and it matches better with what you need to do with Westbrook. It just appears. And Mark Stein in his, uh, substack newsletter wrote about it like something just seems off. And I'm. this is me reading into it. Not This is not reporting. But whether it's the Lakers trying to push him out the door for a reason, I don't understand. Gasol still being uh, upset maybe about how last year went or just not that enthusiastic about playing either in the NBA for the Lakers or with the Lakers, whatever it is. Something feels off about this because why are we talking about whether or not Mark Gasol, who has a guaranteed contract, would be back otherwise.
1: Well, There's too much of this over the course of the summer um, for it to be nothing. The biggest smoke that might be fire felt to me like when Ramona Shelburne, while appearing on 710 ESPN, um, talked about how she had heard that the Lakers had been in talks with the Timberwolves for a deal that would have involved both Caruso and Marc Gasol. I, and... This sounded complicated. Maybe like there may have been more teams involved. It wasn't incredible detail, right? But the, but the, the, th- but the, the, thing, the thing that the, stood the part out part
0: isn't the details. is what you're getting at here, right?
1: The thing that stood out was that it ultimately would have meant moving Mark Gasol for nothing. The Lakers were not going to in the in the deal that Ramona was talking about. The Lakers would not have received anyone back for Mark Gasol, and you know it's one thing not to get anything back for Alex Caruso because. Let's say the the finances that were ultimately involved with his career before, and like matching on some type of sign and trade or whatever. You're talking about, you know, luxury tax implications that are pretty big. Marcus Gasol is a pretty small contract that ultimately you're just saying we'd rather not pay this thing. Like it just it just has felt like there's been movement between these two sides. You know what I mean? Like it just it just they're drifting apart. Yeah. Some someone something isn't right.
0: It's gotten malo. Brian. Yes.
1: Be- between um, uh, Mark and the Lakers. And
0: I, I don't know what it is. Uh, I hope it's not something because to be perfectly honest, um, while I think the Lakers obviously if Gasol retires, if he goes back to Spain, if he requests a trade, he wants to be released to buy it, whatever it is. Um, the Lakers are going to need a third. They, they need another center. Um, yeah. And I would prefer they go into the G League or something and find you know the best defensive center in the G League, you know, with some hops and some youth and whatever, and maybe develop a player. I think you'll end up getting more out of that guy than you would DeAndre Jordan at this point in his career. Um, but the bigger thing is you're not going to find a better backup center or a starting center, nominal you know, role playing center than Gasol, who is still an excellent defender and pretty skillful. And all that stuff. And so there is a risk here of the Lakers weakening themselves at a position. um, I don't want to say because, you know, in a way they don't have to. I don't, you know, but it just, again, I
1: get kind of a bad vibe. Yeah. I hope it
0: it resolves itself.
1: As much as I've said a few times that I am not convinced that Marcus Saul is a great fit with the starting unit that he seems to be penciled in to be with, assuming he's even on the team. The options well, that we've heard so, in ten
0: on the team. That's <laughs> no,
1: sure. uh, but the options that we've heard so far that would end up replacing him, including some which appear to be nobody right. at all, don't seem to be better than having. Yeah, if a if you swap team. out for Paul Millsap, okay, fine. I'm I'm fine, I don't have a problem with that, but I don't think
0: that's what how this how this scenario plays itself out. Um, anyway. Um, as you heard during the uh, bet Online read, we really weren't kidding. We may not end up having a show Wednesday um, into Thursday, um, but we'll let you know. It's possible. I'm just saying it's possible we could take sure. the night off. Um, and uh, yeah, and then Labor Day weekend's coming up. So we'll see what's coming up. We, we do have some, we're going to do a Kent Baysmore preview. We've still got some some fun things. In the shoot uh, through September, Uh, subscribe to Locked on Lakers on YouTube. We'll see everybody next time.